0: Okay, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Innovations in Education, eSchool News' podcast on the latest and greatest happenings in K-12 EdTech this week. I'm Kevin Hogan, and I'm glad you found us. This week, there's been lots of no-nonsense advice posted to eSchool News with some real practical ways to not only explore new techniques for your classroom, but to reassess your current tools and readjust them. As schools continue to find ways to regain literacy gaps after the past three years, every try counts, right? So let's dig in. First off, Michelle Hosp, she's the director of foundational literacy and a professor at the University of Massachusetts Amherst, prognosticates some trends in literacy education for the coming year. She points out eight. I'll highlight three here. Number one, she says, technologies that make teachers' jobs easier will rise to the top. She writes, technology is definitely a teacher's friend when it can save them time, give them good assessment data, and engage students with meaningful instruction and practice. In short, when it helps them do their job easier and better. I think of it as a teacher's little helper, and I think it will continue to play a larger and larger role in the classroom. Let's certainly hope so. Next, PD that focuses on why phonics is important and how to teach using evidence-based practices, And how to administer critical assessments will deliver the best results. She goes on to say that teachers need PD to understand why they need to assess and teach foundational reading skills. Knowing why is the first step, but teachers also need to know how to use reliable and valid assessments and how to implement evidence based instructional practices to help students gain what they have missed. Now, the third one here policymakers will work to ensure that teachers have actionable data. She writes, The current legislative trend involves states taking the next step after universal screening. Specifically, now that the majority of states have passed laws requiring universal screening in K-3 to identify students at risk for reading difficulties, states are focusing on providing very brief diagnostic assessments for at-risk students to ensure teachers have data to make those next step instructional decisions. She believes that in 2023, students will continue to feel impacts from pandemic related learning disruptions, but teachers will step up to meet them where they are with targeted assessments and evidence-based practices that will continue to improve literacy instruction for years to come. I love it, glass half full, let's hope so. Be sure to head up to the top news stories this week and scroll down for the story called Eight Predictions About Literacy Learning in 2023 for the Full Effect. Next, Stacey Hurst, she's the Assistant Professor of Teacher Education at Southern Utah University and Chief Academic Advisor at Reading Horizons, writes that teachers in the K-3 classroom may be wary of technology, but with the right approach, can enable and extend teacher-led instruction using it. Here's an excerpt. She writes, There are plenty of reasons why K-3 teachers tend to be less likely than their middle and high school peers to use technology in the classroom. From their focus on hands-on learning to a lack of district-provided devices in the lower grades, the reasons are both pedagogical and budgetary. However, by incorporating technology into classrooms, K-3 teachers can add flexibility and personalization to their instruction and even get some of their own time back. She goes on to list six tips for tech-enabled instruction in the early literacy classroom. I'll tease you here with three. You know what to do to get the full story. Head up to the top story feed at eschoolnews.com. So here we go. Number one, get to know the tech you already have. For teachers who would like to use more technology in their classrooms, the first step I suggest is to get to know your existing technology as well as possible. This was a lesson I had to learn early in my own career, she writes. When I was a new teacher, there was a program we were all supposed to use in class for a certain number of hours each week, and I made sure that my students met those requirements. But I didn't really have any idea what they were doing. When I finally took some time to look into it, I realized that although it was a pretty great program, it was also missing some pretty important concepts. Also, while I thought most of the lessons were fantastic, there were a few that I just didn't think held much value for my students. Once I understood where the program was effective and where it was less so, I was able to compensate by spending more time on the pieces I thought it didn't handle well or maybe even missed altogether. Another tip, use tech to focus on your students. She writes, these days my teaching is at the college level, but I found that at least one challenge never changes, regardless of the age of the student." There is so much to pay attention to all the time. When I'm presenting to the class, I have to focus on what I'm doing and still be aware of how my students are interacting and responding. One great use of technology is to get students engaged so that the teacher can focus on the students. For ELA teachers, simply projecting decodable text on a screen at the front of the room and asking students to read it out loud frees the teacher to walk around the room observe students' facial expressions, and listen to their pronunciation. Or you can reverse this by having your phone dictate a list of words for students to write down while you walk around the room. This allows you to focus on what your students are doing and thinking instead of having to read words aloud from the front of class. One more. Use tech to pre-teach. She writes, one of my favorite ways to use technology in the classroom is to prepare students whom I know will need a double dose of a particular concept. Introducing students to a new idea or skill via software is a great low-stakes way to get them familiar with an idea so that they hit the ground running when you introduce it to the whole class. Good stuff here. Again, check out the story. It's called Six Tips for Tech-Enabled Instruction in the Early Literacy Classroom to get a full kind of grasp of what she's writing about. And finally, as technology continues to play a pivotal role in classrooms, many schools are turning to active learning environments to effectively use technology to help engage students in learning. This conversation between Remy Del Mar, she's a senior product manager at Epson America, she had it with Chad Lewis, who's the director of technology at Tampa Preparatory School, and Mark Hess, who's a principal at the Mary Helen Guest Elementary School, highlights some of the best practices regarding a classroom design to keep those digital natives enthused about learning. Here's a snippet. I love that both of you talked about doing research and that uh, you looked at the deeper why and your decisions were based, uh, based on what students and teachers and parents needed from these learning environments. So, Mark, to expand, since your refresh is basically is from this last summer and you worked there, maybe you can talk about what technologies you put into that active learning environment and um, how you made these spaces work and maybe briefly walk us through sort of the, uh, the end-to-end flow of those spaces. What happens between a teacher and a student in those spaces? Sure.
1: Good question. I think uh, we had our technology in place for a few years now, all of our learning spaces, not just classrooms, but our rooms like reading recovery, our ESL rooms, our learning commons, which like media centers, all of our learning spaces have the Epson short throw, interactive touch enabled projectors, the high definition document cameras. We ran new cabling throughout category or cat six cabling, HDMI, really tried to outfit a strong network, upgrading our servers wireless access points in every classroom. And it's not just one school, but all 19 schools, 800 and some learning spaces, classrooms. And most importantly, I think, or just as important is what is the content that we're putting out there? It's, you know, the projector is not there just to be the new modern day overhead projector, but we want students and teachers, not just broadcasting the content, but actually immersing themselves in that content, interacting Mm -hmm. with the content. So it's very common to walk into classrooms and the students are up at the whiteboard, the projector uh, using the touch enabled activity to engage with that content, whether it's, for example, I was in a kindergarten classroom this morning and they were working on sorting and ordering uh, shapes and mm-hmm. sequencing of scenes. And the students were up there in partners, taking their you know their fingers and touching these little scenes. It was about uh, getting up in the morning, uh, getting dressed, uh, brushing your teeth, eating breakfast, and they had to put things in order. And they were moving the little boxes, the scene uh, right on the, the whiteboard. So that's how our teachers engage and how we use the technology, not just a broadcast content, but for students to be alive with it and interact and have that dialogue amongst themselves, checking mm-hmm. for understanding. Or if they do make a s- mistake, are they self-correcting? And what is that process? As far as the furniture goes, you know, we have soft seating, we have adjustable height seating. One of the highlights is what our kids call the wobble stools. They're the stools that enable uh, for our kids that are are active, you know, moving around that we have those wobble stools. I think, too, it also allows the teacher to flow throughout the classroom, Mm -hmm. whereas in a traditional classroom of uh, tables or rows, chairs, now our teachers are able to design and utilize more of the square footage of the classroom and have different learning pods or learning spaces, Mm -hmm. and the teacher can flow. And we also, because our projectors are wireless, our teachers are able to take, whether it be their tablet, their iPad, or their laptop, and project wirelessly so they don't have to be tethered to, like, let's say, a a teacher's desk or a a particular teaching station. For me, the the biggest aha, or when I walk into a classroom, I see the focuses on learning Mm -hmm. and discovery and less on just the teacher delivering content and the students being the recipients of that content. Mm -hmm. I just see more of an active flow, um, active learning, more sharing of information, student collaboration. And I also see the teachers feeling more at ease. I think they're feeling more comfortable. I think they're allowing themselves to be an active part of that learning environment rather than having that feeling that I have to be up in front of the board writing all the information down, students and teachers are much more active in in that exchange.
0: You can go up online to eschoolnews.com and go into the webinar tab to hear the full conversation under the title How Active Learning Environments Help Students Engage in Content. So that about wraps it up for this episode. Be sure to check back on Eschool News for all the latest and greatest news and analysis for what's happening in the ed tech space. Remember, eSchool is always free and always helping innovative educators just like you. Until next time, I'm Kevin Hogan for eSchool News.